You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Today is the fourth Sunday before Christmas, so in, in many denominations, not all of them, but in many denominations, Protestants, some Catholics, that the fourth Sunday before Christmas is the start of the Advent season. And uh, Advent is a season of expectation, is a season of preparation. There's, there's some other churches and denominations that, that do it like six Sundays before. The, but the, the, we don't like to get caught up in, in the, the religiousness of it. You know, as a church, we don't necessarily celebrate Advent because the word Advent is not found in the Bible. It does, however, have biblical principles that we do celebrate and we do want to honor. And I thought it was appropriate today that we'd, we would talk about that, talk about this tradition a little bit. It's actually been going for over 1,500 years, started in 480 A.D., um, and where churches would come together, and, and some of them would, would do a fast. Some, some would fast maybe one day a week. Some people would even fast for this entire four-week period. Um, you know, and as I said, like we as a church, we don't, we don't get uh, caught up so much in, in the religious doctrines, the religious traditions. There's many of them out there that are good, like Lent, and, and there are several feasts that are celebrated. And these are all, these are all great things to do. If, if you're moved by it, if you feel like it's important to you and your family, then that's awesome. Like it's definitely founded in biblical principles. But we don't want to be so religious, so structured about it, that we force everybody to conform to something that's, that's not specifically outlined in the Bible, right? Amen? Okay, good. Now that we got that out of the way. One of the things that, uh, that I celebrated in my home with my family growing up was uh, we, we would have an Advent wreath. Did anybody else, does anybody else do that? Does anybody still do an Advent wreath? Come on, maybe, no, nobody, okay. Something else. So this is a picture of an Advent. Anybody ever have one of these in your house growing up, an Advent wreath? Oh, wow, okay, so this is, this is Sunday school. So the Advent wreath is filled with symbolism. It, it, it is in a circle. It represents a crown, you know, which is a symbol of victory, symbol of what Jesus did. And uh, the circle also, also represents, it's an annual thing. So every year, it's a celebration of this time. And you can see on the wreath, there's, there's several candles. The, the purple candles, which, um, so every Sunday, starting this Sunday up until Christmas, you would light one candle, and then you add on a new one. Each, each week. So the purple candles, depending on the denomination that you're in, can represent different things. But um, you know, I like the idea, the concept that if you look at three, these three purple candles as a picture of the process of salvation, that there is forgiveness included, there is faith, and there is joy. And each of us would have gone through this process, or maybe will go through this process, as we receive Jesus Christ, that there has to be forgiveness for our sins, that we can't, we can't make it into heaven on our own. Only Jesus Christ paid the price so that we could come into heaven with him and with his Father. And so, that, so when, you, when you receive that forgiveness, faith comes in because you believe it's, it's not about what I did or what I can do. It's only God. And then the last candle represents joy. When faith comes in, it brings joy. And joy is so so evident and so prevalent in this season. And the pink candle, the pink candle is, is lit on the fourth Sunday, the last one right before Christmas. And this is a candle of rejoicing, rejoicing over the coming Savior and rejoicing over the prophecies. And it's, it's a time of the prophetic where you're looking forward to, to what is coming. And then the last candle, the candle in the middle, is lit on Christmas Day, and that's the Christ candle. It represents the nativity of Jesus Christ. 
And uh, we had uh, Dr. Jim Garlow come through a couple weeks ago, who was amazing. And he, he, he schooled us. He let us know that December 25th is not actually the day that Jesus was born, but it's most likely around the time or the day that Jesus was conceived. So the nativity, the immaculate conception, happened when that light was lit. So on Christmas Day, that's what we're celebrating. We're celebrating the, the Holy Spirit coming into this world in the form of Jesus Christ at conception. Somebody say amen. 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 What I want to focus on today, though, is actually the flames, the light. That each of these candles, the wreath by itself, if it's unlit, it's, it's a good Sunday school lesson. But, but what does it actually do? What does it actually provide? How is this useful for the rest of the world? We, we did the little poll, and we found that nobody in here is actually using an Advent wreath this Christmas. So, so what can we do? How can we celebrate Advent? The title of this message is Light Up the World. Light Up the World. So as I said, Advent, the, the specific word is not found in the Bible, but, uh, but there are some biblical principles that I want to talk about today. The first one of those is expectation expectation. Christmas is a season of expectation. We're excited about family, or maybe not. We're excited about the gifts. We're excited about the season, excited about decorating, excited about singing Christmas carols. Who likes likes singing Christmas carols? Come on, come on. You turn on the radio, and you can sing uh, Santa Baby in 25 different versions nonstop throughout the entire month of December. But it's good. We get excited about this. We like it. And uh, mo- most of us have some, tra- some traditions that are important to us, some things that we like to do around the Christmas time. But I wonder, like, do we ever think about, you know, what the light of Christmas really means? You know, I mean, obviously, we don't, we don't think so much about Advent in this church. But, um, you know, I doubt there's very many of us as well that would just sit around, you know, thinking about the, the second coming of Jesus Christ during this season, which is part of what Advent represents. But do we think about the light? We certainly have lots of lights in here. We hang up all the lights on the Christmas trees and everything. But do we, do we understand, do we know what this light means? Or more importantly, perhaps, who does the light represent? Or who brings the light into this world? Let's take a look at the Bible, see what it has to say. It's always a good idea. John 8, 12. If you got your Bible lifted up in the air or your phone, that's cool too. As long as you have a Bible app on there, then it counts. Give your, give your neighbor a Bible bump if they've got one. When you do that, say word. The word is good. John 8, 12. Then Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So we see here, Jesus is the light of the world. And we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, as his disciples, should have an expectation that we live life abundantly, that we live life in the light and with the light of Jesus Christ. We need to walk clearly, not in darkness, if we receive that light, because it should, as the Bible says, the word of God is a lamp to light our path. So when we have the word in us and when we receive the light, from Jesus, then there's no reason we should be walking in darkness. There's no reason that we should be walking in deception. There's no reason we should be walking in a pandemic of fear for two years. We should be living abundantly, despite what the world is doing, and have actually give them a model, give the world a model of how they should be living their life, how they should be walking out in the light. They can come out of the cave. They can take the mask off. They can live their life the way that God has called them to live. That we need to be aware, we need to be awake. We are an awakened church that we live with Jesus as our light. 
We need to expect that, that with his light, we can avoid traps. We can avoid pitfalls because when our path is clearly lit up, then we see everything that the devil has put in our way to try and stop us or try and derail us, that we need to be able to see clearly. We need to understand that, that his light is truth, and it exposes all deception. It exposes all darkness. So there's a lot of information out there in the world right now, and we have got to be able to discern what is right, what is wrong, what is truth, and what is a deception. And we can only do that with his light. If we lean on our own understanding, then, then we're going to miss some things. But when we trust him in all our ways, acknowledge him, then he will light up our path. He goes even further in John 9, verse 5, and Jesus says this, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. What's interesting to me is that, that this verse, written by the Apostle John, was written after Jesus was not in the world physically. He had already ascended to heaven when, when the Apostle John wrote this, or at least whenever it was, it was printed and distributed. So Jesus Christ, he says, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Well, but he's not in the world physically, so how is he still the light of the world? What's interesting to me is that when God created the heavens and the earth, the first thing that he did was he said, let there be light. Let there be light. And then he separated the darkness from the light. There were, before that, there was chaos. Was, everything was formless and void, and the darkness was on the face of the deep. But when God spoke, light came into being, and then he separated the darkness from the light. Well, the devil has a vendetta against God because the devil was kicked out of heaven. He didn't, he didn't submit to God. He didn't submit to his role as an archangel. And so what the devil's vendetta is, is he constantly tries to undo what God did. He, he tries to bring back the chaos. He actually tries to blend light and dark together. And so there's, there's confusion and there's chaos if the devil reigns. But what Jesus did is Jesus came on a mission to overcome all the works of the devil, and he was successful. So Jesus undoes what the devil tries to do in creating chaos. So Jesus is the light bringer. Jesus is the light, and he continues to make the separation from light and dark. But when Jesus ascended to heaven, before he did that, actually, he told his disciples, I want you to wait here for power. Because you have an mission, you have an assignment that Jesus initiated, he started, but then he, he had a transfer of the mission from himself to the disciples on down the line all the way to us right now. Anyone who claims they are a Christian right now has this mission and the assignment to separate light from dark. Well, how do we do that? Well, let's look at Ephesians 5, 8 to 14. It says, walk in the light. This is the title, the heading, walk in the light. For you were once darkness. It's interesting, it doesn't say you were once in darkness, it says you were once darkness. But now, you are light. You and I, as disciples of Jesus Christ, are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And so it stands out to me right there, finding out what is acceptable. Has anybody ever wondered what is acceptable to the Lord or what is, what is the will of the Lord? If you just look to the light, you'll see it. And even more than that, you become the light. So the acceptableness, what is acceptable to the Lord, is no longer something that you have to search out. It's something that comes out of you. Whatever the light is in you, that's what's acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness 
That's how you know whether you're, you're actually walking in the acceptableness of the Lord, if you have fellowship with light or fellowship with darkness. But rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all the things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. We are an awakened church, so we are the light. The light of Christ is in us. The title of this message is Light Up the World. That's what we need to do. We need to light up the world. We need to be the light bearers of Christ, and we need to be the light bringers. We need to shine the light. In any dark area that we step into, darkness has to flee because light, when it comes into a place, darkness cannot exist there anymore. The expectation that we have this Advent is, is in what I want to share with you today is that we need to have an expectation shift, a shift away from not just waiting for Jesus to manifest himself again, but we actually need to expect that we are the manifestation of his light in this world. In this world. I, love, I love this season, especially this, this Sunday, this weekend, is typically the time when people all over this country, all around the world, hang up their Christmas lights. We pack up all the turkey, pack up all that stuff, and we put all the, the oranges and browns away, and, uh, and we get out the reds and greens and the whites, and, uh, and we have fun. You know, we light everything up, and, and there's, uh, there's like, even, even yesterday, I was up on the roof hanging lights and uh, making my wife nervous, you know, using double ladders to get out in all these crazy places, but she, she appreciates the end result, and uh, I don't know why. She was, she was just sitting out there watching me the whole time, making herself nervous, but... If <laughs> she should have just gone inside and come out at the end, take pictures. She had to t- she had to document it because if it's not on social media, it doesn't it didn't exist. It didn't happen. <laughs> That's another word I had too when we were talking about uh, the social media experiences going down. Like it, it's good to actually put your phone away, put the social media away for a minute, and then go experience something. You know, the, the experiencing something means being involved, being engaged, being hand-to-hand with kids down in, Bosch, in, in Baja and doing those things. So there is a time and a place for social media, but we also need to realize that, uh, that in order to be a light, we've got to be connected to something. You know, we've got to be involved in it. But I love Christmas lights, and I love that song, uh, Shake the Dust Off. A lot of times, like this season, we go into our boxes, and, and we pull out all the decorations, and we have to clean it all up because it's, it's gathered dust over, over the course of the year. And uh, I, don't know, I don't know how this happens. This is one of life's great mysteries where you can take a strand of Christmas lights. They have two ends, right? Two ends. You put them into the box. You can even connect those two ends together. So there's no way they can come untangled. You put them in the box, and what you get out is this jumbles mess. Like, I don't know how this happens. Every single time it goes in, it comes out completely a mess, and you have to spend some time. It's called kids, <laughs> Jake says. I hopefully, hopefully they're not going in there messing with all the lights. But we have, to fix some, we have to fix some broken bulbs. We have to, to buy new lights. We have to get new decorations. Um, and the best time to do that is actually after Christmas. Go get everything on sale. But uh, we have to live life on the edge. We have to get up on that roof. We have to hang the lights out there. Why? Because the higher you go and the closer the edge you get, the more visible it is. The more the world can see it. We, we as Christians need to have this mentality where we're lighting up our house. We're lighting up our communities. We're going out. We're being bold. We're being courageous. We're not going to take no for an answer, despite what the HOA says. You put up that giant 20-foot Rudolph if you want to. Have your HOA come talk to me. I have a little video I want to show you. This is probably one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time, so take a look at this video.
but I'll check them back. Just ought to do it. Christmas Vacation. Who loves that movie? I could watch that every year. It's like the Advent wreath. It's always good. <laughs> we need to be a church that will light up the world. We've got to be connected to a source of power, though, and hopefully it takes the world kicking into overdrive to keep up with us. Maybe you don't need 25,000 twinkle lights, but, uh, but you should. You should be an example. You should be a light. I love this movie, and, and uh, there's, like, I, I could sit here and watch the whole thing, but your family is not always going to be super interested in what you're doing. Like, you might be a light, and, and there's probably some people in your family who could care less or maybe even resent you for, for, being, for letting your light shine so brightly, but you can't let that stop you. And I know there's some people in this room, and each one of us have people in our family that need, that need to understand, that need to see the light of Jesus Christ. And we do that in, in, is, uh, in, in as a Christ-like manner as we can. Um, 
The thing about people who are are walking in darkness, who are living in darkness, is that even the smallest light can sometimes be blinding to them. Even the smallest light can sometimes hurt their eyes because they've been so accustomed, they've grown so used to living in darkness that the light can actually be painful. And we do need to have a healthy understanding of that. And as we're connecting with our family this Christmas, as we're as we're letting our light shine, we need to make sure that we're not shining it in their faces. You know, we need to we need to be a light. We need to live as light. But but it's not out of condemnation. It's not out of judgment. It's doing it in with with mercy and and truth. You know, we have to have the truth wrapped up in mercy. We have to be able to let our light shine in a way that they can receive it. You know, because there's lots of people in the world who are going to be blinded by it. Lots of people in the world are going to be upset that we're being so vocal, that we're outspoken about our beliefs. But we can't let that prevent us from speaking the truth. We do it in mercy. We do it in love. We do it with discernment. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit how you can relate to those members of your family that maybe aren't walking in the light, that don't understand the light, that maybe have a hard time just being around you over the Christmas season. God will show you a way to minister to them. Like I said before, especially in this season, people are looking for a reason to believe. They want to believe. They want to to, to, um, have an outlet for what God has written on their heart. The Bible says that that even, even if we stop singing or praising, the rocks would cry out. The entire earth has God's signature all over it. Everything that, that we are, from our DNA all the way up to our characteristics, how we, we walk and talk and speak, God wrote that out. He planned that out. Every hair on our head, God put there specifically. And so everything in us wants to resonate God's light. Everything in us wants to believe. But some people have so trained themselves or so hidden themselves or been so deceived by others that it's hard for them to accept it. Look for the opportunities. Look for the moments. Be ready to let your light shine in a healthy way, in a way that they can receive it. And God will show you how to do that. I love, uh, I love this, this clip, and at the end is the most important thing that I, that I want to hone in on. Uh, right at the end, when, when everything else has failed, when they've tried every cord, every button, anything they can think of, Ellen sits there in front of that door, and, and she, just, she just pauses for a moment. And in that moment, the revelation of the Holy Spirit comes in. In that moment, she has an epiphany. She learns, she knows exactly what she needs to do to bring the light on. At the end of this message, I'm going to pray for us. And one of the things that I want to pray for is that we would have that expectation that God will move through us. That if we, if we give him the time, if we give him the space, that we're going to get a revelation to the Holy Spirit. We're going to get an epiphany this season on how to connect the power source, on how to light up the world. If we will allow God to move through us, then he will do miracles. He will do amazing things. That he'll bring families together. He'll restore relationships. He'll bring people out of, out of poverty into blessing, into abundance. We need to have that expectation. And why is this so important? I want to show you in Matthew 5, 13 to 16. This is a, a part of the, the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus talks about the similitudes. He talks about, he likens us to salt and light. And it says in verse 13, you are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned again? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. And also, he says, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. This passage of scripture, when I read it, I, I... 
I almost like didn't talk about the first part, the salt, and just focused on the light. But I think it's so important because in the, in the first part of it, when he talks about the salt, he said, when the salt loses its flavor, it's, it's not good for anything. So that we as Christians, we should be the salt. We should be the seasoning in an atmosphere or an environment. We should bring the presence of God with us. We should bring something that, that without us, it's just bland. Like nobody wants to be the person that walks into the room and and everything dies down. You want to be the person that walks into the room and all of a sudden there's life, there's environment, there's atmosphere. So so we need to have an understanding that that, um, we need to train ourselves, we need to equip ourselves, we need to season ourselves so that we don't lose our flavor, we don't lose our ability. And why is that so important when we look at the light section is because if salt can lose its flavor, then light can lose its luster. Light can lose its power. Light can lose its ability to shine. So we have to constantly be connected to the source. If we want to let our shine, our light shine before men so we can honor God, then we have to be connected to the source and we have to prepare. That's the second point, the second principle that I want to talk about this as we celebrate Advent, the preparation. And literally the, in the Latin, uh, Advent is Adventus, which means arrival. Arrival of what? So everything that Jesus did on earth was in preparation for his bride to come. So that everything that we do as the bride of Christ should be to prepare for the return of Jesus. Because it's a reciprocal relationship. Jesus and the church. The church and Jesus. And I want to look at a passage of scripture, Matthew 25. This is the parable of the ten virgins. Verse 1 to 10 in the the Passion Translation. I like this translation. Verse 1. When my coming draws near... Heaven's kingdom's realm can be compared to ten maidens who took their oil lamps and went outside to meet the bridegroom and his bride. Five of them were foolish, ill-prepared, for they took no extra oil for their lamps. And five of them were wise, for they took flasks of olive oil with their lamps. When the bridegroom didn't come when they expected, they all grew drowsy and fell asleep. And I want to pause right here for a second. They all drew grew drowsy and fell asleep. This is the the, the wise and the foolish virgins. Um, they all are... are you know, products of the circumstances that they're in. And we're products um, in a, to a certain extent of the environment that we live in. And there's, there's going to be a time and a season when each of us will, will kind of grow drowsy of the walk that we're walking. We'll grow drowsy. We'll grow tired of, of the, the circumstances that are around us. And, and there's no judgment. There's no condemnation. Each of us go, will go through a season where we need to be re-energized. We need to be reawakened. And, um, and so this is another thing that I want to pray for at the end of this message. And, and maybe this is you and God is speaking to you right now, if you're in a season where you feel like you're a little bit asleep, like maybe you're not really walking out the call that God has for your life. Maybe you're, you're not really doing everything that you're supposed to be doing. And, and maybe not just in, in ministry or in Christianity, but maybe in, in your work, what you're doing for a living right now, you know, God has something more for you. You feel like you're, you're kind of just like a drone, like you've been programmed to do a certain thing. You've been programmed to, to pull a lever and push a button and you just do that. And, and, you know, you mark off another day on the calendar. Well, I want to encourage you today. And I want to pray for you at the end that this is the time where you wake up. This is the time where you come alive again, a passion for him, a passion for God, a passion for his people, a passion for your family, a passion for your workplace, a passion to do everything that God has called you to do. There's a time when when each of us will grow drowsy, when each of us will grow tired or or worn down a little bit, and we need to have that that shot of energy, that shot of juice. And why why is that so important right now? In verse 6, then suddenly in the middle of the night, they were awakened. Light has its most potency, its most impactful in the midst of darkness. Not necessarily during the day, but at night, light can shine the brightest. 
We need to have that light. They were awakened by the shout, get up, the bridegroom is here. Come out and have an encounter with him. So all the girls got up, trimmed their lamps, but the foolish ones were running out of oil. So they said to the five wise ones, share your oil with us because our lamps are going out. We can't, they replied. We don't have enough for all of us. You, you'll have to go and buy some for yourselves. While the five, five girls were out buying the oil, the bridegroom appeared. Those who were ready and waiting were escorted inside with him and the wedding party to enjoy the feast. And the, and the door was locked. The oil in this passage of scripture is a representation of the Holy Spirit, the flow of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit will, will pour out himself and we have to go and gather that. We have to go and receive it and we use it to let our light shine. We use it to, to be prepared for whatever Jesus wants to do, whatever God wants to do in a moment. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Do you have oil in your lamp? Is your lamp lit? We have to to receive Jesus Christ in order to get our lamp lit, but then we also have to have oil of the Holy Spirit flowing through us if we want to be a blessing. We've got to continue to let our light shine brightly, then we need to have that oil flowing into us. I I love this season of Christmas, and one of the things that we do in our house right now still to celebrate Advent is we have an Advent calendar. Anybody else do an Advent calendar? Come on, there's a few of us, a lot more than there are reefs. But we do an Advent calendar. An Advent calendar is a calendar that, that has days 1 to 24 in December. And every day there's, there's a little uh, door or there's a little package that you open up to celebrate that day. And this, uh, our boys love it. We did it, as I did it as a kid. When I was a kid, like every day was a piece of chocolate or something and uh, that you get to enjoy. But now they have like all these crazy Advent calendars. There's like a Lego Advent calendar. So every day they put together a little Lego thing. One of my boys likes Hot Wheels, so we have a Hot Wheels Advent calendar. All of these other toys, like, and I love this because this is this is an, a, a time of expectation. It's a time of excitement. So every single day, they get to practice opening a gift. They get to practice putting it together. This is exactly like the Holy Spirit. In this season of Advent especially, we should be expecting the Holy Spirit wants to give us a gift every single day. We should, be, we should be eagerly anticipating the sunrise so we can, we can receive God's mercy. We can receive the new gift from him. Are you looking for gifts this season? Are you looking for what God has for you? Are you looking for the flow of the Holy Spirit? Are you looking for his oil? James 1.17 says this, Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. There's some people I want to pray for today as well that I believe some of us from time to time, we can, we can feel a little bit unworthy to receive God's gifts. Maybe it's, maybe it's right after we made a mistake. Maybe it's, it's because you know, we feel like we, we haven't earned it. We don't deserve it. None of us, none of us can measure up to the law. And that's why it was so important that Jesus came as a light. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. So every, every word of scripture is fulfilled in him. So if we, if we partner with him, if we allow Jesus to come in, then, then we are worthy. We are worthy to receive gifts from our father, from our heavenly father as his, it's his good desire and a good pleasure to give us these good gifts. And, and, the truth of the matter is that we don't always open up every gift that he has prepared for us. In fact, I don't think anybody ever has except Jesus Christ. 
but there's always ways where we can look. And maybe, maybe God has prepared a gift for you for a certain season, and maybe you didn't open that up. For whatever reason, maybe there was, there was stuff going on in your life and you didn't feel at the time that you were worthy, and, and, and you let that gift pass by. Well, God knows exactly what's right for us in exactly the right time. So it's not like that gift doesn't have value anymore. It's not like that gift can't be opened anymore. It may be changed. It may be different because what you need now might not be exactly what you needed then. But God still has an avenue to bless you. God still has a heart to bless you. He wants you to open up these gifts. But we have to understand that that it's not about our worthiness. It's not about what we've done to earn the gift or not earn the gift. It's all about his desire as a heavenly father to love us and to bless us. So at the end, I want to pray for you if that's you. If you feel like maybe there's, there's some reason why you don't feel like you deserve the gift or it's not, you're not worthy of the gift. My kids, every Christmas, they make a, a list of all the things they want. You know, and it's a pretty long list. And, and the truth is they're not getting everything on that list. But, um, but we want our kids to appreciate what they get. We want them to, to unpack something and appreciate it. And we want to give them the desires of their hearts. Well, if our kids can make a list to Santa or to their parents, why can't we make a list to our Heavenly Father? Why, we, why can't we list out the things that we need, that we know that we desire so much this holiday season? This, as we come into Christmas, what is it that you need? What is it that's on your heart? What are you excited about? What are you passionate about? Don't we, as, as parents or as friends, when we give a gift, we love to see the joy in somebody's faces when they receive it. Like it brings so much joy to us to, to, that when we get to bless somebody, God wants that for us too. Like he, he, he wants to experience with us the joy that we have when we unpack his gifts, when we open up everything that ha- he has for us. But what is it that you desire so much? What's, what's the one thing? Have you written a list? Have you, have you wrote out to God, poured out your heart? The things that, that, that maybe are, are like some intimate things, some things deep down in your heart that, that you've kind of stopped wishing for, you kind of stopped asking for because they haven't come, they haven't come, they haven't come, and you've gotten kind of tired or weary of, of wanting this thing. Well, this is the season of miracles. This is the season where God moves. This is a season where God responds because his light is all around this world. He's lighting up the world and he wants us to ask again. So maybe there's some things in your life that you need to ask again. You need to believe again. In Philippians 2, 13, and I want to close with this verse. It says that we should be light bearers. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. We need to be shining like bright lives, lights. And, we do, and how do we do that? As we close today, I'm going to have everybody stand to your feet. I want to pray over some specific areas. What I mentioned throughout the message, I want to pray that there would be a release of gifts and power so that we could light up the world. We can illuminate everything around us. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you need a revitalization. You need an expectation that God can move through you. Maybe you're one of those people who, who has that heart to go out on missions and you, you need that jolt of energy to go out. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just being around your family this Christmas. You need that, that revelation of the Holy Spirit. You need to have an expectation in your heart that God is going to use you to be a light to your family, use you to be a light in your workplace, use you to be a light in this world, in this city. Maybe you're one of those people who feel like 
you're a little bit asleep, or maybe maybe you're you're still kind of figuring out what it means to be awakened. I want to pray for you that God God would wake you up in a powerful way. That, that the season of being asleep is over, that he has a mission, he has an assignment for you, he's got a calling all over your life, and he needs you to do what you have been called to do. He needs you to shine your light. He needs you to be a difference in this world. It's time to wake up. It's time to put the sleepiness, the grogginess behind us and be that light. Maybe we need to shake the dust off. The truth for most of us is that the light is, is on still. You may think the light is off, but that's not the case. It's just been covered up with some dust. It's been covered up with some grime. It's time to polish that thing and let your light shine. Maybe you're here today and you don't feel worthy to be blessed by God. Well, I want to pray for you as well. Maybe you feel like you don't deserve the gifts. You don't deserve the blessing. God has poured out his spirit onto all, all of us. That all we have to do is accept that it's through Jesus Christ we have a relationship with him. Then we become a son and a daughter of the Most High God. Then we, we, we become worthy because of his worthiness. And finally, I want to pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That, that he would reveal to us wisdom, discernment, knowledge, gifts. That we would use all of the blessings, all the fruit of the Spirit, all the gifts of the Spirit this season to let his light shine. To have the world light up with his glory. So if we could all bow our heads and close our eyes. If that's you today, any of those areas, you want to have an expectation that God would move. You're, you've been asleep and it's time to be awakened. You want to um, be able to receive fully the gifts that God has for you. Or if you just want an outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now, just lift up your hands to heaven. I want to pray for you. Lift all over this room. Hands are going up. Thank you, Heavenly Father. The Father of lights. God, I thank you that you're pouring out your spirit onto us, that you gave your son to be the light of this world. I thank you that you have separated light from darkness. And right now in us, God, I thank you that you're working through us to separate out what is of you, what is not, God. That, that you're shining light into areas of our life that maybe are sensitive, maybe are, are, are intimate, maybe we've made mistakes, God. But right now, God, we release those things to you. We let your light come into every area of our life so that we can be a proper mirror of your grace. We can be a proper mirror and example of your love, that we have the light of Christ in us, that we will let it shine brightly, God. I thank you that we are an awakened church, that we are alive, that we are active, that we see clearly in front of us the path that you have laid out. God, I thank you that we will, we will put off hesitation, we put off procrastination, that we will boldly pick up the calling that we have, that we will go all into, into all the world and preach the gospel, even in our own family, God, that you give us courage, wisdom, and discernment, that you would let us speak the mercy and truth of your word. God, I thank you right now for the worthiness that you have given us, that you have put your mantle on us, that you have made us a son and a daughter in your kingdom, in your family that we are worthy to be blessed by you. We are worthy to receive the gifts that you have for us because of what Jesus has done. And now, Heavenly Father, I thank you for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God, all the gifts, all the fruit that are available to us, God, that we would have a desire in our hearts to do your work, to be your light. God, I thank you that it will shine through us as we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, God. Let it flow, let it flow right now in Jesus' name. Your Spirit poured out onto this house, poured onto each person, God. Reveal to us that, that knowledge that we need to turn the lights on in our life, to turn the lights on for our family, to light up the world in Jesus' name name. Jesus' name. Amen. As we close, I want to do one quick thing. Again, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you have not been exposed to the light of Christ, if you have not received him as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. 
The only way to access all of these gifts, the only way to receive the light of Jesus Christ is to receive him into your heart. If there's anybody here today who has not done that, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Would you lift up your hand? Every head is bowed, every eye closed. Are there anyone's here today? You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, to receive that light from heaven, to receive the ability to go out into all the world and shine brightly. Anybody like that here today? Maybe you, you did at one point, maybe you said a prayer, but you know your life has taken a, a veer off that course and you want to rededicate your life today. You want to rededicate your walk to Jesus today. Anybody like that today, I'd love to pray with you. Who are those ones? You need to reconnect with your Heavenly Father, reconnect with your Savior. I don't want to embarrass you, but I want to give you an opportunity to reconnect with Him or dedicate your life to Him. Anybody like that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just one more moment. I know that there's, there's one or two people out here. There's a wrestle going on right now in your heart where you know that you're not walking with Christ and you want to make that recommitment to walk with him. Who are those ones today? I'm not going to embarrass you or bring you down to the front. I just want to know who you are so I can pray for you. Who are those ones? You know that you need to rededicate your life to Jesus Christ. Reconnect with him that it's been hard to receive his light. But this is the time, this is the season of receiving. This is the time of blessing. Anybody like that here today? Thank you. See that hand? God bless you. So proud of you. That God sees you. He sees your heart. He's so proud of you. Why don't we all say these words together? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son into my life to be a light for me. I thank you that heaven is my home and God is my father. And I will live my life in a way that honors him. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.